welcome to Set the Tone, BTL podcast. Getting a toned physique takes time and effort. Even with today's body sculpting technologies, achieving and maintaining an optimal appearance requires a commitment. In this edition of Set the Tone, host Dr. Paul Jared Frank talks to fitness trainer Evisa Mark about strategies to get into and maintain an effective workout routine. The podcast is made possible with support from BTL. Listen in as the two talk about workout strategies. Then, stay tuned to hear from marketing experts and physician peers who will share tips to help your practice commit to success with contouring treatments. I'm Dr. Paul Jared Frank. I'm a cosmetic dermatologist here in New York, founder of P. Frank MD and Skin Salons. And I am actually obsessed with all things wellness and uh, being the best version of yourself. I just don't get high on Botox and injections and uh, procedures. I actually believe a lot of what we do for the outside comes from the inside. And I'm actually, I'm really excited to talk about fitness today. I myself, I work out six days a week. I'm not Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I think so much of how we look on the outside comes from the fitness regimen we do on the inside. And I'm lucky to have a guest here today who feels the same way. I'm here with Evita Mark. Uh, he's an actor here in Manhattan who has turned his interest of fitness into a gig of his own. He's a personal trainer. He's going to talk to us about the best strategies to get in shape, and he'll help explain why, for many patients, crunches alone are not the answer for a flat belly or a sexy uh, six-pack. So welcome, Avisa. Nice to have you. Hello, and uh, it's good to be here. Thanks for having um, me. I can't see you exactly, but tell me a little bit about your background, how you got into this. Are you like annoyingly fit and in great shape? Would I be jealous if we were sitting across from each other right now? I am not actually. Um, I am in decent shape. I've been uh, I've been uh, active my whole life. As a kid, I uh, started in martial arts, and then sometimes in my teenage years, I discovered dance, which is uh, kind oh. of a, like a weird, um, yeah, a segue. I started dancing professionally, and I was a professional dancer for over a decade. But at the same time, I still continued my interest in martial arts. So I did a lot of boxing and kickboxing, which is a very, very, very unusual pairing, but actually came in handy later, later uh, when I moved to United States and New York, uh, which was 12 years ago. Um, and I kind of started, I kind of took a break from my artistic life and dive, uh, dove into my um, fitness life here. Um, and I started as a, uh, as a actually martial arts trainer. And then I just expanded from there because I always believed that variety, um, is where it actually where the truth is you know um with everything with everything with, with, even even with even with with what i do if you do too much of any one thing you're not doing such a service whether it's eating the right foods doing the same cosmetic treatment doing the same exercise so i think that's kind of a theme of all these podcasts absolutely i agree with that and you know it's funny because you've been doing martial arts your whole life it sounds like yes and this is that's like such a practice. I've always I was always jealous of people who did martial arts. It's like we had a guest on an earlier RPAD that was a yoga instructor. And these are really they're not just exercise routines. It's really a lifestyle martial arts. There's a there's a spiritual, there's an emotional part to it as well as a physical. And I think if you do that as a young person like yoga, you kind of carry it with you throughout the rest of your life. Am I right? Absolutely. And, and that's how I feel about fitness. I believe that fitness is a lifestyle. It's not just you going to the gym a couple of times a week and doing a certain um, a sequence of exercises. It's implementing all of these other things into your lifestyle um, and then getting the results you need and just being healthy overall. So you need to combine 
feeling well, sleeping well, resting well, eating well, exercising well, and loving well in my philosophy to, to have all of that. Does it have to be hard for everyone to to find the right exercise routine for themselves? Absolutely not. And that's like, that's one of the first things I try to tell my new clients specifically, or people who come to me and say, um, I want a big change, you know, I want to do something. And I always try to tell them that the best way I suggest to do it is lean into it. Don't jump into it. Don't, don't make any drastic moves because it's going to be very hard to maintain that. Lean into it. Change one thing. Let's say if you... Baby steps. Exactly. If you don't exercise at all, Start with twice a week. Don't start seven days a week because you'll be tired, you'll be miserable, and you're just going to give up at some point. Second thing I always tell them is uh, find something you like. Some people love to spin. Some people love to lift weights. Some people love to run. And we're all different. We're all built differently. We all, we all have different problems and issues. So different things appeal to us more. We got to change it up a little bit, right? Absolutely. Well, I, my personal philosophy is you have to do it all. You have to do strength and agility, and cardio, and eat well, and sleep well, and rest well. Rest is actually very important. A lot of people tend to forget that. And, you know, like they set certain goals, and they want them done in a very short period of time. So they say, oh, in nine or 10 weeks, I want to lose 30 pounds. You could. If well, you the good thing if you is... If you don't eat anything if in 30 days, you probably will, and you will That's be in true. a terrible shape, right? So you have to do it right. So, so this is a common question because it's funny. I, I know some other people in the fitness world and they make jokes about how like, you know, if you, if you want the best exercise to stop losing weight, stop lifting your arm into your mouth, you know, because, you know, you can't exercise alone is not going to help you lose weight. And a lot of, I mean, I, I see this a lot with men too. They, they don't want to change their diet. They want to keep drinking a little wine every night, having their sweets, doing whatever. But they think if they just exercise nonstop that they're going to lose weight. Yeah, what do you think about that? Well, that's absolutely incorrect. The thing with our bodies is our bodies get adjusted super fast to everything. So if you exercise a certain amount of time and eat the same and you reach a certain fitness level, you're going to be on that level unless you change something, right? So unless you say, I'm going to eat the same, but then I'm going to twice, I'm going to exercise three times a day, you will notice some changes. But, um, you know, our bodies are wired that way that diet is so important. It's so important what you eat. It's like I'm say, starving like, after I eat. <laughs> Uh, I'm starving after I exercise. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'll, yeah. I have a tendency sometimes to eat too much. I have to make sure I have to monitor my intake if I do like a lot of aerobics that week. Exactly. Because there are some people that gain weight when they start exercising more. Well, that's normal because you start gaining muscle and muscle is much heavier than fat, right? So um, so it's like sometimes people get discouraged. Oh, I'm exercising so much and I'm gaining weight. Well, it, you have to also look at the body composition. You know, you're losing fat you're gaining some muscle. Muscle is important. It's very hard to make it. And like a lot of people, a lot of times women especially are worried, you know, I'm going to get big, I'm going to get too muscular. It's yeah. very A lot of people hard. are concerned about that, right? It's very They're hard. like, I don't want, I don't want to get bulky. Exactly. I don't be and bulky. then I tell them, listen, why don't you call a bodybuilder and he'll tell you how hard it is to gain a pound of muscle. Yeah. It takes it's a lot of work. Easy. It doesn't just happen overnight. You are listening to Set the Tone, the BTL podcast brought to you by the makers of MSculpt. Build muscle and sculpt your body with Msculpt. For more information, visit msculpt.com. You know, I see a lot of patients come to me. They come to me injured because they just assumed that if a, a you know a seven out of ten of a workout is good, well, then I'll do a twelve out of ten. You know what I'm yes. saying? Yes. Well, also, I do actually have 
a significant number of clients who are of certain age. And I, I, I can tell you, like, I have a client. You, who, you mean old age? What, okay. what age are we talking? I'm talking like I have clients in their 70s. I have clients in their 80s. And I actually have a couple of clients who started exercising in their 70s. Um, and they're, yeah. And, um, you know, the thing is now we live so much longer with the quality. Uh, we want the quality of life to follow that. And, you know, these people are very active in their late age and they want to be able to do things. They want to be able to go to places and travel and all that. So um, you have to listen to your body. That's why I like, I always tell people it's good to have a trainer, um, whatever you do. And, you know, it's great. Some group activities are great. Group classes are great for the group mentality. They'll push you and all that. But it's also important that somebody monitors what you do and make sure that you do it right and that you don't get injured. Absolutely. And although I think a lot of these groups, because I like group classes too, and it, there's, a, there's a good community aspect to it, no matter how hard you try and be accepting, there's a competitive aspect to it too. And I do see a lot of people who come in injured. You know, this is a big thing too, because people are coming to me, maybe they've, they've had an injury, they've, they've gained significant amounts of weight, they've lost muscle tone, skin tone, and they come to me hoping to do kind of non-invasive or invasive treatments to help that along. And I really tell them, well, listen, you have to kind of get yourself back into the exercise and diet routine and realize that you have to listen to your body. And sometimes you need the advice of an expert, such as yourself, to help guide you into that. It's a form of rehabilitation. And as we get older, our body changes. Also, you know, uh, our job and my job as a personal trainer is to observe my clients and, and uh, see how they do things they do and how they move and how they use their body. And if they really can do whatever, what, what is it that that are doing that then trying to achieve and um and you know a lot of times you have to be a shrink and and, and you have to like give advice and and uh, like, i know that work you know work with them or against them and like put them on set them on the right path but in the long term you do see results and and um you see better results and you stay injury free which is the most important thing especially at that certain age where you know things get a little fragile yeah. You know, everyone is always, we've talked about this in the podcast before about the core. Everyone's about the core, the core, the core. But I would think particularly for older patients, you know, to me, it's such a common side of visible aging is just plain old loss of posture. You know, you see a young person, they're standing up tall, their shoulders are back. It's like a natural state for them. As we get older, our, we, we tend to hunch. Our discs change, our shoulders roll over, and we talk about posture and the core. This is obviously something we have to focus on more and more as we get older, correct? Correct. You know, the core, that's what the core muscles are for. They keep us up. They keep us up straight, right? And their other function is they help us move, especially changing directions, moving into different directions. And um, we're also facing these, um, as I said before, we live longer. This generation now that is in their 70s and 80s, um, started exercising kind of late. You know, we are, I started exercising, you know, when I was a child and probably you did too. And a lot of these people discovered exercising in their 40s and 50s. Um, and it's it's very crucial. It's very important for them because um, also core means balance and balance means core. Um, so keeping yourself up straight, keeping your posture exactly like you said, and also just not falling and reacting better in situations that are unstable when you, you know, you don't see as well or... Um, so I do implement a lot of core work, but also I have to tell people, you use your core all the time. There are very few activities that you will do 
that you don't really that you have to think about engaging your core. I have a question because obviously um, a lot of in, in my world, and I'm sure you're well aware of this, but in uh, non-invasive cosmetic rejuvenation, there is this huge uh, technology boom in muscle modification and in things that you could do almost slightly be beyond rehabilitation therapy. You know, when I have patients, you know, M-Sculpt was kind of like the pioneer of, of this type of technology. And I think so many other companies were seeing so much other uses from it. I always tell people, you know, although anyone could benefit from it, you have, to, if you're going to do this, you have to live the lifestyle of someone who wants to make core improvements, who wants to build muscle, and who wants to have a fitness routine. This, these treatments are not a replacement for like what you do, so to speak. Have you found patients or clients of yours that have experimented in these type of technologies yet? Um, yes, a few. You know, people, um, I love that about our um, age that we live in right now. People are willing to try things and, um, um, and uh, change things there. And we have so many things at our disposal. Um, but I like to tell them that, you know, you have to look at the body as a whole. And, um, and also, especially if you think about muscles, muscle memory is something that we all have. Our muscles are very fast uh, to learn certain things, but also they forget very fast. So, yes, you can do... Um, like you said, um, a corrective M surgery and, and ab sculpt and all that. But if you don't change your lifestyle, you will just go back to where you were. And I've actually seen people who've done it and, you know, didn't maintain the lifestyle and it lasted for a certain amount of time. And then it showed up in different areas of their body and they would come back and be um, dissatisfied. And which is really wrong because... You know, yeah, I agree. This is like it's like a it's like a frosting on a cupcake, right? It's, that, it's just oh my frosting. god! You, you just gave my mantra. That's my that's my line. I always say I'm the icing on the cake exactly. for all these type of things because you know I've been doing this 20 years. I don't want unhappy patients. I'm not you know I I, I want people to do things, feel good about them, come back, be happy, say nice things about me. I don't want to sell any procedure or someone and then it like didn't work for them and then they're miserable. So it's important I screen them. Um, and make sure that they're following, um, you know, advice of someone like you, or I, I offer the advice as well, or make sure they, they meet up with people like you, because it, it's a long game. It's all about maintenance. I mean, I Absolutely. always call this, I, I, I don't call it anti-aging. I call it pro-aging, because it, these are lifestyle choices. It's amazing we live in a world where, A, we have access to experts like yourself and nutritionists and cosmetic dermatologists, but it's all pieces of one big puzzle. And it sounds like a lot of work, but I think uh, making small changes in every aspect of your lifestyle not only makes us feel good on the inside, but makes us look good on the outside. And, and let's face it, people don't just go to the gym for their heart. They do it for their asses too, so to speak. Absolutely. You know? Well, you also, I always have to emphasize to my clients, you know, I see you a certain amount of times, a certain amount of hours a week. And for the rest of the week, it's just you. So you are the person who makes that, those choices. So, you know, we have to take responsibilities, uh, responsibility for, for ourselves, right? We can only... People can't... They can't live with you and they can't live with me. We can't monitor exactly. them all the time, right? Exactly. We can, get, we can give people guidance. And, you know, that's what I do um, aesthetically for patients. I'm really trying to give because I know they'll, they'll, they'll see advantages when they're sitting in my chair and they walk away just like when they have regular training sessions. But it's about the in-betweens. Absolutely. And I think a good, uh, a, a good expert it, like, like us, it really helps them guide them in those in between. Well, you know, I, so, I also I, make this comparison. It's like taking your car to the shop. The guy in the shop is going to fix it 
for an hour and it's going to be perfect. But then you take it out on the road and it's how you treat it, you know, and not break it. It's going to last a certain amount of time, right? You have to take care of your body. My metaphor is I say I do the teeth cleaning, but you got to brush and you got to floss at home. Oh, that's a great point. You know I'm I mean? going to use that one. You could use that one. We could share. I like the <laughs> car you. one too. My, my dad's a dentist, so I got that. But I actually like cars a lot anyway. Um, anyway, I think that about wraps us up. Were, were there any final piece of advice or things about fitness or how we treat our bodies that you wanted to give the audience a, a final bit of advice on? Well, yeah, I was um, tried to, to implement that myself in my own life. And I, I tell it to my clients, be kind to yourself. We are very harsh on ourselves. We judge ourselves. And, you know, people a lot of times give up because, you know, they think, oh, I messed up. And what's the point? And, um, Tomorrow is another day and start over and start over as many times as you need and nobody's judging you. Just be happy, feel comfortable and find to do things that you love. Uh, Avisa, Mark, I, I thank you a lot for having us here. Is there a place where the audience could find out more stuff about you? Absolutely. Um, um, they can reach out to me on my, um, my fitness email. It's beyondfitness, B-E-O-N, fitness at gmail.com. And then they, they can also find me on Instagram at ivitsamark.com. Um, and I'm, I'm always available for questions if people want to reach out. And um, I'm here. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for coming. And I'm Dr. Paul Jared Frank. You can find out more about me at pfrankmd.com or at Dr. Paul Jared Frank on social media. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you later. listening to Set the Tone, the BTL podcast, brought to you by the makers of MSculpt. Build muscle and sculpt your body with MSculpt. For more information, visit msculpt.com. Tomorrow is another day for fitness, and it's another day for your practice to achieve success. How can you help keep your contouring business fit and healthy? Dr. Sunil Chilakuri of Refresh Dermatology in Houston, Texas, says that one of the key things an aesthetic physician can do is to brand yourself. Utilize your digital resources to make sure that you're branding yourself rather than a company or another marketing tool. When you have great before and afters, what did they come from? Did they get a combination of two or three different types of devices? Create a name for yourself and brand yourself. I hope that's useful in terms of my top three marketing tips that I utilize in Houston, Texas at Refresh Dermatology. Branding is a key component for success, but it's just one aspect of the art of the sale. Practice consultant Terry Ross offers her tips for creating sales and relationships. So as we approach 2020, we know that everyone is at the gym with their New Year's resolutions to get fit and to be healthy. In addition, realizing the diet craze with keto and paleo and food delivery services that people are investing in. What this tells us is that the body contouring market will continue to grow. So as it relates to the aesthetic practice, the best advice I can offer that has proven success is mastering the art of sales, which ultimately is educating the client and developing a long-term treatment plan. During that consultation, it's really important to take the time to build rapport and trust with that patient really understand their needs and what outcome they expect to achieve based on getting these treatments. More importantly, how does it make them feel? You know, how are they feeling right now? And what would it be worth to them if they did not take action in getting the procedure? 
it's about the credentialing of the practice of the provider, and it's the value proposition that you can offer. People and patients buy the emotion associated with the treatment. They don't buy the treatment itself. They're buying the outcome and the feeling. So creating treatment plans that combine modalities such as MSculpt with M-Tone followed by Exilus, what this does is three things. Gets the patient results, you have a happier patient that can refer patients and build long-term retention. So if you'd like to learn more, you can find me at terryrossconsulting.com and you can read my May blog called Increase Patient Retention with Return on Investment by Developing Aesthetic Treatment Plans or my Instagram is terryrossconsulting.com. Retention. It's great for your patient roles, not so great for those belly roles. Hopefully, this episode of Set the Tone, the BTL podcast, has helped you set the tone for practice fitness. Be sure to listen to earlier episodes in this series on modernaesthetics.com or wherever you get your podcasts.